And welcome to another episode of Cowgirls and Indians. I am the cowgirl, Christina Cook. I'm the Indian, Keith Nobles. And, and we're here to unpack the progressive left's agenda for you. Um, that is that is our purpose, our, our reason for being. So uh, so that's what we're, we're going to do today. We're going to squeak, apparently. <laughs> I don't know where that came from in my voice. Today, we're going to talk about trust. Yes. Uh, why trust matters to liberty and what creates trust and what destroys trust, because what destroys trust destroys liberty. Well, that's a lot to unpack. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you chose the subject. I um, did. Yeah, last week when, when we were having our discussion last week about, what were we talking about last week? <laughs> well, we're talking about the politics of envy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, during that episode, you, you said we should talk about trust. Yes. Next week. And so that's what we're doing. That's it. As always, let's start with a definition. Okay. So, and I mean, you, you kind of think you know what trust is, you know, but uh, it's funny when you start doing some research and kind of how yeah. it, it, it adds nuance, I, I think it adds flavor to the discussion. So I found a few definitions. One, um, the dictionary definition is assured reliance on the character, ability, strength or truth of someone or something. Yeah, I always like it when they use the word in the definition. <laughs> uh, true. True. Assured reliance. Trust is not in there. Assured reliance on the oh, character, the yes. ability, strength, or truth. Did I say trust? I didn't mean to do that. Strength or truth of someone or something. <laughs> okay. I really am here. I, I I swear to God, I really am in the room and, and actually participating. So. So, so I'll tell you my favorite non-traditional definition. Okay. Words and deeds are one. Words and deeds are one. I like that. Yeah. You walk the walk, you talk the talk. That, that, that's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can trust somebody. Right. Yeah, when the words and deeds are one, that's trust. Okay. Yeah. Integrity is yeah. is the is kind of the where I come come up with that. And and when I use the word integrity, I I think I mean something a little bit different than what most people actually say. I took a data systems class in college many moons ago. We won't talk about how long ago that was. <laughs> and the professor was uh, he had written the textbook and he was of course more well, but. <laughs> It was it was I thought it was a computer science class. And in fact, it was in the computer science um, department, but it was so much more philosophical than that. Yes. Way more philosophical. And he talked about integrity in systems that yes. they are true to themselves, that they they yeah. words and deeds are one. So, yeah, um, I, I spent 30 years of my life validating integrity in systems. Fair enough. <laughs> so you use it the same way I do. Yes, yes. Same, same understanding. <laughs> OK, fair enough. So. So that's how you know that something has earned your trust. Yes. I guess. Yes. That's probably the, the best way to say that. But this also, and I think the thing that I wanted to, to point out is that this is a, a multi-level discussion because you can talk about trust in relationships, interpersonal relationships, you know, trust in society, trust in institutions. You know, I mean, this is. Right. It's, it's, it's a quality that needs to be that or that is, you know, present across the spectrum of, you know, human interaction. Yeah. And I think all those meld into one. OK. I mean, I think as we lose trust in society, lose trust in institutions, people lose trust in each other. Yeah. This is just how, how it's worked. OK. So fortunately, it's easy to reverse. It is easy to reverse. <laughs> that was one of my questions on the outline is, can we get out of this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> OK. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. This is really simple. The relationship, liberty, freedom, and markets require trust. Okay, why? That's because they all premised on not being 
overly regulated, overly legislated, overly controlled, right? They're based on people's voluntary actions and voluntary interactions with each other. And if you can't trust the other person, then that whole system breaks down. Okay. And it's not that everybody is inherently always trustworthy. That's that's not it. But you have to have a level of trust. If if you call the plumber to come to your house, you have to trust he's going to come out there. Yeah. And if you promise you're going to pay him for whatever work he does, he has to trust you're going to pay him. I mean, it's just kind of at the most basic level of, of how it works. Right. Right. And, and you, you can just extrapolate that up to institutions, government, non-government. And, and all of the above. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The more trust you have, the fewer laws and regulations and control you have. That's, that's you the relationship between those two. Right. Yeah. If, if you can be pretty sure the other person's on do the right thing, you don't need a law or regulation to make them do the right thing. You think. Yeah. Well, you just don't. Right. It's just, <laughs> it's redundant. Right. Right. And so, yeah, that's. It becomes in looking at the um, at the United States, at least sort of a chicken and an egg kind of question. What came first? You know, I mean, they started regulating everything long before I think we had lost trust in, in each other or the ability to to perform. Sort of. Right. If you go back to the revolution. Right. That was all built on trust. Sure. Right. I mean, those those founding fathers swore their sacred honor and lives and fortunes. And, mm-hmm. Right. They they put. Everything they had on the line to trust each other. Right. If you look back at when we really started, I mean, there's a pattern to this. If you look back at the, so to go back through a little history. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go back to Civil War. Okay. The Union won the Civil Wars. I think hopefully everybody knows. No one would hope, yes. Yeah. And that produced a whole string of Republican presidents. Right. And by the time you get to Theodore Roosevelt and Taft, mm-hmm. they're pretty corrupt. Okay. Republicans think they have a lock on the presidency. Right. And there there is because they don't think they can lose. There's there's a degree of corruption there. And when you get Woodrow Wilson, it's kind of a disaster. Kind of a disaster. Well, but people understand at the time he's kind of a disaster. Okay. Okay. I mean, we look back and go, he was a total disaster. He was the worst but president the time, we've ever had. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's a highly competitive <laughs> It honor. is a highly competitive uh, field. I will grant yeah. you that, but, but but yeah, at the time, right? Especially with World War One. When World War One was over, people are like, "Why the hell did we do this?" Right. Yeah, but he succeeded by Harding, and Harding is notoriously, incredibly corrupt. And you get Calvin Coolidge, and Calvin Coolidge is not corrupt. Right. Right. Calvin Coolidge is actually arguably the best president we ever had because he wasn't corrupt and he didn't do anything. So this is. But then you get Hoover. Right. Who is also corrupt. Right. And then you get this is the whole setting for FDR is the corruption of Harding and Hoover and these other people. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we we need to recognize that. So I was I was in preparation for this episode doing some research into the fall of Rome. Oh, yeah. Because Because I was going to talk about that. Well, there you go. Let's just let's just (laughs) pop that right in right now, because that is. The, the point at which they started to embrace tyranny was when the chaos and the corruption became so great under the Republic because they thought the Republic would last forever. And yes. And people underestimate how popular Caesar was right. with the people right. because he promised to bring it in to that corruption through tyranny. Right. Right. I mean, there's a pattern here, right? Beginning to see a little bit of similarity. Yeah. And and that was, that was uh, the beginning of the end was the corruption in in the government institutions within the Senate 
with it, you know, within the the tribunes, the the elected. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not even remotely an expert on Roman history, but well, this is an important point. Just while we're there, okay, okay, slavery, right, right, slavery ended up being a very big deal in Rome because wealthy people were using slaves for labor, and it was it was shutting out free labor, free people from working and making a living. Okay. No, it was that was a very big deal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's it's an aspect of slavery that I don't think a lot of people ever think of. Yeah, no, uh, that was the case in Rome. Right. Yeah, I and mean, this was the source of much of the discontent was how many slaves there were and being reported from outside the empire and other parts of the empire and Right. Yeah. Yeah, shutting out people couldn't get work because all the jobs are being done by slaves. And all of that was being protected by a system that had been put in place because the those who were in charge of the Republic had sort of maneuvered it so that they could protect themselves and their friends and, you know, pay off political favors and do all the kinds of things that we're watching happen in real time now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's important to note, though, Rome lasted another 500 years. Right. And the Eastern Roman Empire, Byzantium, lasted another 1600 years. Right. Right. So, <laughs> so it's not the end. It wasn't fatal, but it was <laughs> but, the end of the idea of a republic. Right. Yeah. And and the freedom, the political freedom. I yeah. mean, these tyrannies can last a long time. It's not that they, they self-destruct in the first two years. That's not how that works. Right. The point of it is not that necessarily the longevity. The point of it is the the fact that people are not free under that system. Right. You're not you're not free to advance and thrive and do the things that that are necessary. No. Um. For for human thriving. Right. So so I think it's kind of irrelevant that it lasted another five hundred years in, yeah. in a lot of ways because that's five hundred years of misery. Yeah. Well, my Roman example was from the end of that five hundred years. Okay. Well, but, what was your Roman example? Well, well, I, I wanted to set that up with something else, okay. though. Okay. okay. Sorry. That's okay because here's here's the problem we have. Okay. Can't have liberty without trust. Right. Can't have trust without truth. And we are awash in a society of bullshit. This is very true. We are just awash in bullshit. People believe it. They repeat it. They want to die on a hill made out of bullshit. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, this is just this is where we are today. Right. But this is not new. Right. This has been the case many times. Right. How you end that is really clear and obvious. But people don't want to do it because it means they have to give up their bullshit. Right. I mean, this is how you end it. But I, I was going to start with Solzhenitsyn. OK. Right. And again, everybody should read Solzhenitsyn. Right. Because Solzhenitsyn, well, Solzhenitsyn fought against really the exact same family of ideas that we are experiencing today. Sure. These nihilistic ideas. And, and how do you defeat these ideas? So here's what Solzhenitsyn said. For when people announce lies, lies simply cease to exist. Like parasites, they can only survive when attached to a person. <laughs> okay. Right? And the simple step of a courageous individual is not to partake in the lie. One word of truth outweighs the world. And with that, Solzhenitsyn did more to defeat the Soviet Union than anyone else. Right. Right. I mean, that's it. This is lies. Just stop believing the lies. Stop repeating the lies and renounce the lies. Right. Don't partake of them. Right. I mean, this is the answer. That takes a lot of courage in today's... It takes... But but think about how much courage it's good for Solzhenitsyn in a gulag. Well, there's that. Yeah, right. I, I'm not I saying mean, he wasn't brave, but no, I mean we've we've got it so easy. 
compared to what other people have had to experience to defeat this who have successfully defeated this. I don't know. I, I feel like we're we're just at the beginning to see what depths they'll go to to protect these lies. Well, you know, I mean, we, we've got political prisoners rotting in jails below Washington, D.C. right now. We've got, you know, we, we do have our own version of the gulags and, you know. But, but the ending the lies is not up to, you don't rely on D.C. to end the lies, you rely on us. We're the ones who end the lies. Okay. Right? I mean, if, if we just dropped all our own bullshit that we're in love with, we could defeat all these bad ideas by lunchtime on Thursday. No, I, I, I totally understand that. Yeah. And I totally agree with that, except that they can't, they cancel you. They, well, they, and, and, and that's just the start. And that's what I'm saying. You know, when, when I say it, it, it takes an incredible amount of courage to do this, it's because you're going to get canceled. You're going to get threatened. You're going to get, you know, you're going to, you're going to end up hiding in your apartment you know, because you can't leave, you know, that, that kind of stuff. That's yes, I am speaking from personal experience here. Speaking out for for the truth, speaking out against the lies is not the easiest thing in the world. No, right? No, it's not. But it's much easier than the it's much easier than not speaking out about them. <laughs> it really is much easier than not speaking out about them. You know, I mean, it's very important to, obviously. Well, I don't know about the ease. Well, <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree about the in, ease. In the long run, it's much easier to speak out than not. In, in the long run. Yeah. Here's the thing. Solzhenitsyn was the master mm. at unmasking this particular sure. system of lies that we are experiencing a variation of today. Sure. But it's important to understand what Solzhenitsyn had to say about the truth was not new. Right. Right. So needs to drive from Augustine. Okay. And and this is really, this is my Roman history part. Okay. Okay. Everybody should read the book, City of God by Augustine. Heard that. If you're a Christian, not a Christian, doesn't matter. Because what Augustine did, there's a cornerstone of, of this whole classical model of thinking mm-hmm. that we talk about. And what the scenario was, Rome had been sacked for the very first time. Okay. The pagans in Rome, who were the majority, were blaming the Christians. Okay. And basically, the argument was you brought these foreign gods into our midst, and that's why our other older gods who've been around here for a long time did not protect us anymore. Okay. I mean, that was basically the argument, right? Sure. So, Augustine writes City of God. It is this eloquent masterpiece of logic defending truth. Okay. Okay. And, and Augustine's going to lay out in this incredibly compelling manner, these people in Rome who are blaming the Christians. Mm-hmm are doing so on the basis of lies. Okay. Okay. They are blaming the innocent when they found themselves in this predicament because they themselves had already been believing the lies. Right. Right. And so it's this natural kind of revolting human tendency when people find themselves in a predicament because they did not embrace the truth to blame people who might have embraced the truth and did not find themselves necessarily viewing the world as in the same predicament they did. Right. Right. And we see that all around us today. Okay. Right. And Augustine just writes this brilliant rebuttal to this illogical way of thinking, the same illogical way of thinking we experience now. Okay. Where people have believed bullshit. They have found their lives greatly diminished by believing bullshit. True. And they want to blame people who didn't believe the bullshit. Right. Right. I mean, that's basically where, where we're at today. It, 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 if, if all of us had just believed and, and the know, same bullshit, we'd all be OK. Exactly. Right. It's exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. There, there's a value to the truth. Right. Back to Augustine, back to Solzhenitsyn, both who understood and communicated this so well. This is not a political thing. 
fact, this is a, a depolitical right. thing. Anti-political, and, really. Well, well it's deep, it pulls back the importance of politics. Right. That's what truth does. Right. Truth pulls back the importance of politics. And politics is no longer important when you embrace truth. Puts moral agency back in the driver's well, yes, seat where it belongs. Yes, yeah. yes. But both Solstice and Augustine understood this. Mm -hmm. Whatever your form of government, there's something more basic here. And that thing that's most more basic is what causes human beings to thrive. Right. And what causes human beings to thrive is truth. Yeah. This is it, right? This is the, the inherent value of truth. I mean, you could ask people. What causes human beings to thrive? And you get any number of answers from different aspects. Sure. And they would all be correct from different aspects, right? But nobody would say bullshit causes human beings to thrive and they would be correct. <laughs> this it is true. never causes human beings to thrive. This is true. Right? It never leads to liberty. It never leads to happiness. It never leads to contentment. I mean, right. Augustine said, the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Just let it loose. It will defend itself. Right. Right? And- Maybe that doesn't happen as rapidly as we would like. Right. But, you know, it took Solzhenitsyn in 20 years from publishing the Gulag Archipelago till the Soviet Union disintegrated. Right. I mean, Augustine didn't just defeat these ideas at the time. Augustine put those ideas away forever. Okay. Right? Those ideas never, that, that he was fighting at that time, never reemerged. Okay. Right. People looked to say, well, after Augustine wrote City of God, people looked at that and said, yeah, that's obviously bullshit. <laughs> okay. right? that's, that's really it. Right. And so people go, well, we can't defeat these progressive ideas are so pervasive. Yes, you can. You well, can they, defeat they them keep, quickly. Yeah. I mean, but they keep, they keep rearing their ugly damn heads, you well, know, and, and I mean, Augustine might have gotten rid of the idea that, you know, if, you know, if you hadn't brought the Christian God into our midst, then our gods would have, you know, still def still defended us, which is obviously bullshit. But well, Augustine essentially got rid of the pagan gods entirely. Sure, <laughs> right? Sure, <laughs> yeah, but the did whole he? Notion went away. But did he? And that's my 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 real question is: weren't they simply replaced by other? "Quote unquote gods like money and power and prestige oh, well, and all that kind of stuff." Well, I mean, sure, it's but just that all particular idea. Well, I don't think it's necessarily all the same. Sure, I mean these these problems are part of human nature, and they right. come up over and over and over. Right. Yeah, I mean we can put progressivism away for good if we just dropped our own bullshit. Okay. Right. I mean that's that's my basic premise. Of this whole podcast. <laughs> okay. Right. I mean this is not that hard to do. Right. I mean, Orwell said, the time of deceit telling the truth is a revolutionary act. This is true. But it is not a political act. No. And and here's where, in my opinion, Republicans have gone greatly wrong. Okay. They have elevated politics above truth in many, many cases. So I wanted to call you on this because, okay. and and just so everybody's aware, I didn't do this. Um, I'm not doing this completely out of the blue. <laughs> I did give you a little bit of a heads up, but I wanted to talk about that because we've kind of sideswiped Republicans um, on on prior episodes. And they should be sideswiped. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to disagree with that. And I think our episode on conservatives, we 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 right. made some of these ideas a little bit more more explicit. But I want to make sure that folks understand that when we're saying this about Republicans, let's let's make real and concrete what it is that we're saying oh, that, yeah. that Republicans are, are embracing these ideas. Who? Who, who is and, and how have they done that? And, and specifically, how have they done that under color of, quote unquote, Republican ideals? Well, well uh, because look, the, they are. The model of this is Trump. 
the, say that one the, more time. The model of this is Trump. You don't believe that Trump embraces uh, the truth? No. Okay. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> okay. I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> one of my favorite quotes, and now he, he doesn't embrace the truth, my opinion. He's obviously easily played and fooled. He got played by Fauci. He got played by these lawyers about the whole voting machines changing votes, right? It's like Harry Dent had one of my favorite quotes. He said, Donald Trump has the impulse control of a grease fire. <laughs> right? I, I, the guy just has no control. I'll believe that. That works for me right now. And, right. you know, but I mean, give tons of examples. I mean, Donald Trump increased spending, federal spending by more in four years than Obama did me. Are we including the pandemic response? Yeah. I mean, we, we have, okay. we, we, he, he had a $4 trillion budget when he came in, and he had a $7 trillion budget when he left. There's nothing like it in American history. Well, there's nothing like the pandemic in American history well, sure, either. Oh, oh, sure there are. Well, I mean, there was the Spanish flu, but that wasn't, I mean, not not the response, not the way that it was handled. Well, oh, yeah. Not the, way, not the way that it was mishandled <laughs> by those who stood to gain a lot of profit off of it. I know, it. but Trump yeah. was at the top of that mishandling. Fair. That was his, that was his, his job. Okay. Right. Okay. I mean, okay. Um, Trump gave us more gun control in four years than Obama gave us in eight. Explain that one. Oh, outline bump stocks. I, I mean, you know, Trump, Trump, yeah, sent the ATF after all kinds of things. Obama never had the guts to send the ATF after. Right. So we got more gun control under Trump than we did under Obama. Okay. Right. I mean, Trump said he defunded Planned Parenthood, then signed an omnibus giving Planned Parenthood half a billion dollars. Jesus. Right. I mean, we just go on and on and on. Right. It's like, well, but what you have is a small number of people mm -hmm. will explain things as though these things never happened. And it's not a matter of was Trump better than Hillary would have been. I think that's a no brainer. Trump was better than Hillary would have been. Right. Is Trump better than Biden? Oh, probably. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's not yeah. the question. Talk about right? talk about no no even passing relationship with the truth. No, if if and, and Trump did many other things, right? Contrary to what conservatives or Republicans say they believe in, and therein lies the problem. Okay. Okay. Because if a Democrat had done these things I just mentioned, right, Republicans would be calling him a communist. Right. If, if you took spending from four trillion to seven trillion in four years, if you passed gun control, if you funded Planned Parenthood, right, you, we, we call Obama a communist. Right. Uh, for doing less of these things than Trump did. So we, we just destroy our credibility. We here. also had a Republican Congress and Senate um, two years into Obama's first term. And two years so. into Trump's. OK. Right. And yet we did not repeal Obamacare. Right. We did not do all these things we were told. Some of that I do lay at the at the feet of I mean, and, and we had a good majority yes. in, in 2010, thanks to the Tea Party movement. We did not have that under Trump. No, but so. But nonetheless, right. right. The, the point is, OK, so you have this 30 percent of the population or so that are Republicans live in their bubble, just as the progressives live in their bubble. OK. And and. These things do not seem particularly important to that 30 percent. Right. The other 70 percent of the population looks at Republicans and goes, how disingenuous. Right. <laughs> you, you call Obama communists for doing less of these things that, than Trump did. Okay. And so this is a problem, right? We destroy Republicans have destroyed the credibility. And then you have Trump actually telling Republicans not to go vote because their votes didn't count. I mean, that's a problem. Oh, oh, yes, that is an enormous problem. And, and, and Trump with this whole thing about the voting machines, a switch votes that 
Never happened. Now we have sworn depositions from these really famous talking heads saying they knew when they said that on the air, that was a lie. And they always knew it was a lie, but they said it anyways to get ratings. And now we have political operatives who worked for Trump Mm -hmm. saying, when I came out and said the voting machines had changed the votes, I knew it was a lie at the time I said it. Okay, I was unaware of that. I have not seen that. Oh, yeah. Who do you know who it was who said that? Well, Jenna Ellis <laughs> was at her disciplinary hearing was a couple of weeks ago. Do you knew Jenna Ellis, which I do. I, I, <laughs> yeah. So I, she, uh, if I recall correctly, she admitted to 10 instances of uh, basically falsifying evidence. Really? Yeah. At her. And she's a lawyer. She faced oh, yeah. a, she faced a disciplinary hearing. She's a lawyer who who let's 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 take that one step further. She wrote a book called The Moral Basis for a Constitution. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have uh, um, Fox, Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity, both of whom in sworn depositions said they went out and said things about this that made it seem at least plausible when they knew it was untrue about the voting machines. Okay. So and and you have the fellow who owns Fox News, start Fox News, right, who said he was well aware of this. He could have stopped it. He refused to stop it. The reason he didn't stop it was it would have hurt the ratings to tell people all this stuff Trump is saying about the voting machines is bullshit. Okay. Right. And, and so these are problems because, like I said, you have this Republican bubble. Yeah, I might be in that bubble is what, is what I'm afraid of as you're sitting here talking about this. Yeah, yeah. People bounce this around in the bubble like these things aren't important. And they're very important because the other 70 percent of the people in the country look at this and go, those people are disingenuous at best and batshit crazy at worst. Right. And, and how easy is it to defeat these progressive ideas? Right. I mean, we talk about places like Nazi Germany, fascist Italy, Soviet Union, Mao's China, Castro's Cuba. But there have been over 100 countries in the last 100 plus years years mm-hmm. who've defeated these ideas mm-hmm. and, and defeated them handily, right? Just by telling the truth. Right. And and this is our basic problem right now in defeating these ideas and trying to restore liberty is the utter lack of truth. There was a radio host uh, recently, one of the people who's been most vocal about this voting machine story not being true. Mm-hmm. There's a radio host came out and said this fellow was supporting a really nauseating, atrocious Democratic candidate, a flat out communist. What he isn't. Okay. He doesn't. Never has. It's just was a total lie. Right. Right. It's that kind of thing that we have placed our own bullshit and our own politics above truth. Mm-hmm. And we don't care. We destroy innocent people's lives over things they didn't do. And people will hear that and they will repeat it. And I've seen it repeated on Facebook. When it isn't true, and I know it's not true because I talked to this fellow. Mm-hmm. Last time I was driving to the unschools location, okay. I had my AM radio on it. I'm just kind of surfing the channel to see if anybody has anything interesting to say right? before I go back and listen to music or old-time radio shows. And uh, I listened to this fellow on a, a self-proclaimed conservative about what's going on in the banking system right now. Okay. Okay. I listened to him for only three or four minutes. And for three or four minutes, every single thing he said was factually incorrect. Really? Just factually incorrect. And he was an expert. And no, I don't think he's an expert at all. He's just a conservative. <laughs> he was billed as an expert. He's just a conservative radio host. Okay. And he's just, none of this is factually true. Now, we have a long discussion about what's going on in banking, and it would just put people to sleep. Right? <laughs> but, but, Including me, probably. Yeah, but, but the thing is, right, you need to be truthful. Because people will hear what he said on that radio show 
mm-hmm. and they'll repeat it as though it's true. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, to be blunt, and Republicans who believe that will look like nitwits, right? Because people go, well, "That's not how it works," right? Right? But they'll think that's, that's how, how any works because yeah. yeah, how they heard this um, this guy on the radio who. I don't know if he's intentionally deceived for. He has no idea how it works. I, I don't know. I said at the time, like that Russia gate hoax and all that, mm-hmm. right? Donald Trump is so incredibly flawed. Why the hell do you have to make stuff up about him? Right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, there is so much there to legitimately criticize. I mean, it's just true. Same about Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. There's so much there to legitimately criticize. You don't have to make anything yeah, up. No, no. Yeah, yeah. People like with this banking thing, people are literally making things up. Yeah. To criticize him, none of that's true. Right. Right? Don't need to do that. No, you he don't. He sucks, no, period. It, it, well, exactly. I mean, yeah, Joe, yeah. Joe Biden is, uh, in a word, Joe Biden is a grifter. That is all Joe Biden has ever been. He grifts. Yep. Right? He doesn't care if it's true or not true. He, he's going to abuse power whichever way he thinks he can do and not get caught. Yeah. In order to, or he doesn't care if he gets caught. Because well, he's been caught no, he's over been, and over and over and over right. again. He's been caught. But but the thing is, Joe Biden's all about enriching Joe Biden and the Biden family. Right. That's what his view of political office is and has been for a very, very long time. And the man has no principles whatsoever. None. None. His only principles are, yeah, I mean, Joe Biden was a segregationist. Yeah. Right. Joe, he still is. This is this is the big <laughs> secret, you know? I know. But, the idiot still is. Yeah, but the thing is, you don't have to make stuff up about the man no. to, to legitimately show why he should never be president of the United States. You don't, but uh, you, it seems like the, the truth just doesn't capture America's imagination anymore. Well, you have to make stuff up. Well, but, the, but the, maybe the truth doesn't capture our imagination anymore because we're so full of shit. Yeah. I mean, this the things we just know about Joe Biden. Should be devastating and disqualifying. Just that. Right? And I'm just yeah. saying that objectively. Yeah. Right? Not, not a partisan statement, just an objective statement. Right. Right? And always Republicans are making things up. I see Republicans do this consistently, share information that you look at and you go, who, who does that really gain from that? Right. Right? Let's figure out the provenance of this information. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who really takes, right? And you can look and go, well, okay, I would be willing to bet, and I worked. For a long time in intelligence. Mm-hmm. I would be willing to bet that information came from Russian intelligence or that information came from Chinese intelligence. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and don't kid yourself, right? In yeah. Russia, China, other places, okay, they have databases to have your name in it, my name in it. Right. And they understand exactly what you and I will, are willing to believe and not believe and what you and I are willing to share on social media and not share right. on social media. Right. Right. And they know if you're not willing to share this bullshit, you're not really of value to them. But if you are willing to share this bullshit because you think it's derogatory to Biden or Pelosi or the Democrats or whatever it is, right. even if it's untrue, they understand these, these foreign intelligence agencies, they understand how these algorithms work, mm-hmm. right? They understand exactly how to feed you that information in what appears to be an organic manner. And then you say, oh, look. Yeah. And, and you share, and then people die on this hill. Yeah. Uh, that's just, and people thump their chest at their patriotic Americans while they're sharing information fabricated by Russian intelligence agencies. <laughs> and you just go, you just can't make this shit up. But that's, that's where we're at, right? And there's things I'm sure Republicans share that I, I just know they came from Democrats because you look yeah. and go, let me give you two examples just recently. Um, not long ago, there was this, I haven't seen it maybe last week. But for a couple of weeks there, it seemed to be everywhere. We need a national divorce, <laughs> right? And you're like, well, who, who gains from that, right? 
I mean, Russia, China, yeah, they, they would like that, yeah, right. I mean, and Republicans are sharing this all over. We need a national divorce, and I'm like, seriously, right? <laughs> and then you know, the one that persists. That is not necessarily any. Let, let me let me push back on you on that one before okay. before we go on to the next example, because I don't know that that's you know necessarily a truth issue. Okay, what that is is our version of utopianism. Well. Okay, I mean, it's like, wouldn't it be wonderful not to have to worry and not to not to have to 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 debate whether or not they're stealing our elections, not to have to debate whether or not they're corrupting our children, you know, that kind of thing. Wouldn't it be a really nice place to live if we could get rid of these ideas and get this stuff to go away without having to you know, do all the stuff that you and I talk about what actually needs to be done on this podcast? But just, you know, somebody wave a magic wand and, you know, we get the kids. And well, the, the whole point of this episode is we could just wave a magic wand, drop our bullshit, and we would we would be there. Right? <laughs> we would have the same no. outcome without dividing the country. No. So what what will happen, I, I believe, as we tell the truth, what will happen is a whole bunch of people who have been become very, very, very invested in the truth not being part of the national conversation start to fight back. And that's when things get violent. That's when things get dangerous. That's when people get canceled. People get debanked. People end up without a way to make a living. People end up with their children being targeted in school. You know, that kind of thing. Okay. Yes. In the long run, absolutely. I 100% agree with you that it is best to tell the truth, to defeat these ideas, to do everything that we can to regain trust in each other and in our, in our society, in our societal institutions, et cetera. I agree. But the interim period before all of that nice stuff comes about is going to be ugly. Well, it's going to be ugly regardless. So what what do you really have to lose? Our children. Okay, they're going to do that anyway. I mean, this is the whole plan to do that anyway. Right. Right. So what do you really have to lose by telling the truth? Right. What do you really have to lose by going, you know what? I'm going to renounce that lie. Right. That is not true. And we can objectively say that is not true. But we can't do that as Republicans. If we're lying ourselves. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. You can't. Yeah. You can't complain. You live in a clown world and be a clown. <laughs> right. <laughs> the only people going to take you serious are the other clowns. <laughs> right. I, I mean, this is this is. This but is, you get those really cute little cars. Yeah. yeah well, that's it. And you get is, to travel with all your friends. <laughs> yeah. This, this is the problem. Right. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, we saw the uh, recent developments, the Colorado GOP. Right. We're, Don't we're, get me started. Yeah. I mean, people are building a whole state political party on bullshit. Yeah. On things that are not true. That absolutely. And 100 percent. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, this this is where you end up. Right. Yeah. In the clown world. Yeah. Right. And and it makes some people's emotions satiated to embrace those ideas. Right. It makes a lot of money for a lot of grifters. There you go. Right? That's really what it does. No, no. Yeah. I mean, the GOP is just a wash in grifters. Yeah. And it's not that there are grifters on the left. Believe me, there are grifters oh, on yeah. the left, yeah. right? Yeah. But the GOP is a wash in grifters. And they make money off of all this bullshit. And, and they promote this bullshit. And they get this bullshit out there on, on media <laughs> and social media. And it's bullshit. Yeah, I think we're going to call this the bullshit episode. Well, yeah. let's do that, right? <laughs> How many times can I say bullshit in one episode, right? But but, but this is the whole point. And and the reason I use that word is not to be vulgar. It's that it's the only thing that fits here. 
Right. Right. I mean, just say these people are lying. Well, you know, somebody told you you had a nice haircut when they think your haircut sucks. Yeah, that's not the same as what we're talking about here. No, we're talking about absolute, <laughs> we're talking about people yeah. deceiving American citizens for fun, profit, and power. Right. That is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Right. And and that is the opposite of liberty because all they're doing is destroying trust. I mean, there there's none of those people associated with the Colorado GOP I would trust as far as I could kick them. No. And that's just the truth. No. Right. And I'll, I'll tell you that, I mean, the latest development in, in the Colorado GOP kind of proves up what's actually been going on in the Colorado GOP for as long as I've been involved in it. And so what, 10, 15 years. So, yeah, I mean, this is it's just it's just the they're finally wearing it on the outside. Well, you know what? Everybody but the craziest has fallen away. There's a reason for that. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. People just got tired of fighting the crazies. Yeah. And and so everybody who's not one of the crazies is just gone. I'm packing up my bag. Yep. I'm either leaving the, the GOP or I'm leaving the state. Yeah. Right. That's really what what has happened there. Right. It's exactly what I did. And the crazies have run of the, the party. Right. And uh, I'm not using the word crazies tritely. Right. No. We're talking about people who fully engage in believing and propagating things that are not true, but they find for personally the shit stuff. Yeah. Personally absolutely. advantageous and profitable. Yeah. I mean, this is where we're at. Right. And in, in some yeah. states, it's worse than other states. Yeah. Without a doubt. Right. I, I mean, seriously, we can defeat these ideas, these progressive ideas, these nihilistic ideas so quickly, but we can't do it if we can't drop our own bullshit. Right. I mean, that's just the bottom line to it. So it's time Republicans to start telling the truth. Just tell no the matter truth. what. Let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. There are no more cults of personality. No more defending the indefensible. No more saying, oh, I can't admit I'm wrong. Go ahead and just say, oh, I was wrong. I learned. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's it's just that simple. And move on. Yeah. Right. Because if we don't do that, right, we're just giving the field to the progressives. Progressives not want nothing more than Republicans to say things aren't true. Republicans to elevate politics over truth. Right. Right. This is what progressives thrive on. They're the ones who innovated the field and they're the ones who absolutely know the rules. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing progressives we want don't. more than a Republican president saying to Republicans, don't go vote. Your vote doesn't count, which takes me to the other thing I, I read. Yeah, I keep Guess saying. Guess I never heard that. But anyway, oh, go oh, ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, that's what he said about the Georgia runoff in, in 2021. Yeah, I don't, don't remember don't hearing go vote. that. Yeah. No, he okay. said Republicans shouldn't vote. Your vote doesn't count. Okay. And it's like. Anyway. The other thing, right, I, I see consistently online, people go, well, Republicans can never win another national election because Democrats cheat. Well, boy, I wonder where that came from. All you do is discouraging Republicans from voting. Who gains from that? No, I, I, under, I, I, I understand your point, but I also understand why that's being said. I totally understand why that's being said. And I, I, I've tried not to say it on, on social media, but it's, I'm not going to lie and say that that thought has not gone through my head. Well, but again, right, that's our own fault if that's true, right? It really is. Is it? Yeah, it really is. Okay, when when they're calling any an att any attempt to inject integrity into the into the uh, election process, voter suppression is that really our fault? No, that's is not that our fault. But here's what is our fault, right? That people have staked a claim that this this company builds voting machines change votes. That's not what I'm even talking about. No, but that's what the popular perception is. If a Republican says there are issues in the legitimacy of this election. 
everybody goes. The other 70% of the population goes right to that company and that those claims are false, right? This is, this is the problem we have with making such a big deal out of something that wasn't true when there were actually, as I've said before, the 2020 election, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, state courts ruled those elections were done in an illegal manner. Right. Those there actually were, are the ones that made it to court and yes. got, got a judge who wasn't completely politically motivated to rule on the facts and the merits of the case. Yes. So there, there so are, what about the other 48 but, but states? But there are legitimate arguments there, right, that right? the 2020 election was hinky. But that's not the argument that Trump and all these other people went after. And, and you still see these parties like in Colorado. The Colorado GOP arguing this point, that's not true. Right. And we have endless lawsuits, depositions, affidavits, admissions that it wasn't true. And they knew at the time it wasn't true. That does not negate the fact that just because those certain brand of voting machines have been, in, in, according to the court documents and so forth, unfairly maligned, does not negate the fact that the voter rolls contain Hundreds of oh, thousands no, of maybe millions of dead people. No, okay? it doesn't, doesn't negate or, that at all. Or that there are indeed ballot harvesting oh, yeah. operations going on to completely no, doesn't, fraudulently doesn't, falsify doesn't, the vote. Doesn't negate any of that. Doesn't negate any of that. So when, but, but what it does is means people shot the credibility on something that wasn't true. Okay. That's really the problem, right? Right. If, if I say, OK, here's three things that are happening. Two are true. One is made up. Right. And I take the one that's made up and that's the one I choose to elevate. Right. Nobody's not believing me now about the other two. My credibility shot. And, and that's kind of where the GOP is on these issues. But but certain ones of us never even talked about those certain brand of voting machines. Certain ones of us never even had that issue. I know. But and have the, been making the have been beating, have taken off their shoe and beaten it on the podium for a decade or more about election integrity. Right. And and I'm I'm one of the least of those voices. But, we but, haven't gotten anywhere. So, so back to but because, what, well, and, and I'll be frank, right? Uh-huh. We talked about canceling people, right? Right. People who advocate for this position that these voting machines actually did change the votes. Well, we know they did not. They have canceled everybody who disputes them. Mm-hmm. Right? They just have. I mean, if you if you go to a GOP meeting in many places, stand up and say. This story that the voting machines change votes is false. Mm-hmm. And we know objectively it's false. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll just be canceled. I mean, that is, seriously. I know people, they got called communists for saying that. Oh, yeah. Though that is true. Yeah. Right? But they will, yeah. I, I mean, this is a batch of craziness that relates directly to the fact that GOP can't win elections. GOP should have run the table in this midterm. Yeah. And they got their asses kicked because of this. Because- there's a level of craziness that, that makes the progressives look safe because at least the progressives have a logic to what they're doing, right? <laughs> I mean, and it's a logic premised on falsehoods, but but this whole part of the GOP is is not logical, is not truthful, is all about grifters, mm-hmm. right? Well, and it is it is part of that. The cult of personality is part of that. Um, and to get kind of back to what our our original premise was for this episode about the trust, trust requires also that people feel like they matter and that they are 
they're they're being respected. Maybe right. is is probably a, a, the best way to say it uh, in in the context of of your government that well, the government respects the people. Okay, yeah. and so I would say right or wrong. Okay, but I would say that it is definitely explainable why we find ourselves in this position at this point because we haven't been respected for so long. Well. And and so that was when when Donald Trump came along and wanted to make America great again. When when Donald Trump came along and said, "You matter, Mr. Farmer, Mr. Rural America, Mr. You know all these people who have been denigrated by by previous administrations, you know the the what does it matter candidates, you know, and and the, the you right, know, right. that kind of the bitter bitter clinger candidates and all that crap, you know, when he said that it was finally, we are being respected. I can understand a country that's going to get behind that statement. Who's going to, who's going to get behind that candidate who finally comes out and says that I see some doubt in your face. (laughs) I understand that you don't feel the same, but I understand why it happened. I understand why it happened too. I just don't think that's a good thing that it happened. Okay. Right. Because there's so many other criteria that we yeah. need to choose these people on. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it, so Donald Trump in 26, 2015, 2016, all he did was emulate the Fox News model. Okay, Fox News started because Rupert Murdoch understood all the national news originated on the East or West Coast. Mm-hmm. And he understood nobody was really covering what happened in between. Right. And that was Fox News. Right? Fair. I mean, that, that, was, and that was a winning model. Yeah. Right. Because, hey, you have this huge number of people underserved by the news. Right. Right. Flyover country. Exactly. Yeah. Flyover country. Right. And all of a sudden, Fox News, the the, the rigs dominated. Right. Because uh, there's actually far more people in flyover country than there are on the coast. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, And these people don't really care. What's happening in New York or Los Angeles? Give a shit, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, just irrelevant to their lives. Yeah. And yeah, from a financial point of view of starting a news network, win, win, win. Yeah. Donald Trump, very way, he emulated that model for politics. Yeah. And said, you know what? I don't care. I'll give up New York and California. But you have a whole bunch of people in between who nobody's listening to yeah. in politics. Yeah. Yeah. That was a winning campaign model. Yep. It, it absolutely was. Well, right. It's, I, it's- Populism. I, I mean, it's populism is what it is. Yeah. And the problem with populism is it never has any principles. Populism is whatever seems to be popular at the moment. Right. right. I mean, that's, that's the whole problem with populism. This is why populism always has just a short lifespan, because what you say that's popular today. Yeah. And what Roger said, right, the easiest thing in the world is to become popular. And the hardest thing in the world is to hold on to it. Yeah, this is true. Right. I mean, anybody can become popular. Just yeah. say what. People want to hear. Yeah. Staying popular <laughs> without selling your soul. Well. That's that's a much harder problem. There's, right? a, there's, a, there's a caveat for the ages. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's the inherent problem with, with populism. It's, well, public it, opinion is fickle. Yeah. It has no principles. Right. Right. But yeah, I, I mean, that was, that was Donald Trump's model. And from a political strategy point of view, it was kind of brilliant. Right. I mean, it really was. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm just going to do what Fox News did. Right. I mean, that was really the model. He like stated it that way. I, no, I, no, I never no. even heard it, heard it no, put no. that way, but you're right. No, that's what he no, did. Yeah. Right? That was the whole model. Yeah. And uh, whatever they're doing in New York and D.C. and Los Angeles, I'm going to do the opposite. You know? I, I prefer to think of it really that he he respected the rest of America, that, that, that those left coast people don't. Hillary and, and Obama 
like literally disrespected 90% of the country. Hillary and Obama had no respect for anybody whose vote they did not need. I, and they needed 50% plus one. Yeah. Then everybody else could go to hell. Well, uh, Hillary lost based yes. on that. No, she did. And she called us deplorables, you well, know, and, and, and we and, wore and, it as a, as a badge of honor at that well, point. Well, and amazingly enough, Hillary spent from 2016 to 2019 saying the 2016 election was illegitimate, <laughs> right? It's like, wait a minute, right? Yeah. I, I mean, Nancy Pelosi said it was illegitimate. I mean, all these people said the 2016 election that elected Trump was illegitimate. Right. But we have to respect 2020. So that's the, you know, I mean, when you talk about losing trust, this is why. Oh, oh yeah. No, no. But these people, we understand they are at their core nihilist. They can't be trusted ever with anything. Right. I would concede that. Right. Well, we should all just recognize that fact. Right. The problem why they still exist is because of what Republicans are doing. Right. I mean, just tell the truth. These people go away. I mean. Nancy I, Pelosi. I wish I had as much confidence as you do in that statement. Well, I really do. I feel like I feel like we've, we've you done start. It, we've done it in hundred countries. This is not new, right? I, I mean, and some countries got more radical than others. I mean, nobody's advocating a where. Pinochet. Well, you know, Pinochet helicopter rides. No, no, no. <laughs> We're where, not talking what, about doing that. What just, are these hundred? What, what are these hundred countries? Because I all I see is socialism just growing and growing oh, and growing and growing. Philippines, Korea. South Japan, Korea. South Korea, Japan, right? Uh, Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia. So Asia. Um, every Western European country. Has grown in socialism. Oh, no, no. They've actually, a lot of them have receded. Sweden has cut way back on their level of socialism from what they were. Okay. Right? I mean, so all these countries have been faced with these basic crises around these nihilistic ideas. Well, they've also been awash in illegal immigration and refugees. And- well, yeah, but I mean- You'd be hard pressed to find a country in the last hundred years that has not fought the same problem. And overwhelmingly, most of those countries defeated these ideas. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's not that it's not a well-trod path. It's a very well-trod path. And it's not these people necessarily went away. They just never gained power. Or if they did gain power, they, they didn't keep it very long. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, doing this isn't that difficult. The United States did this pretty well for well, yeah. About three decades. And then right? we just started to lose it all. Well, and so what? what is the mechanism that, that made that happen? Where did that start? And is it is it the loss of trust that has made all this oh, happen? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you trace it back to a loss of trust in, in Bush and Cheney when they were president and vice president. Okay. Right? I mean, they, they destroyed the trust people had in them. Well. Right? And, and they destroyed the trust really over, I mean, over, over Iraq. Yeah. Right? Yeah, everybody knew that Bill Clinton was a scoundrel. We we knew he was a liar. Yeah, you knew he was a we liar. We knew he was a liar. And but those lies, especially after from 1995 on, didn't translate into policy. No, because he had other problems. Well, no, I mean he did the whole thing. He, they called the triangulation. Yeah, I'm going to not be a Republican. I'm not going to be a Democrat. I'm going to sit above them, and <laughs> I'm going to basically agree with Newt Gingrich. And I'm going to sign these things. And Bill Clinton said the era of big government is over. Yeah. And they reduced it. And he said, OK, I'm, I'm going to win re-election doing this because being president to me is more important than any ideological goal. Right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking of the meme that says most people don't know there's two people in this. <laughs> yes, yes. But, but that is, that's, that's what why Clinton it was did, right? to him. Yeah. And then, yeah, Bush and Cheney win. And especially over Iraq. And then, well, and then at the very end, you have the whole thing with Lehman Brothers 
and Bear Stearns, and, and then you have the housing crisis, and all, and, yeah. and all that. I mean, here's here's the thing. Until so, uh, Lehman went under uh, September 15, two thousand and eight. Right from the end of the Republican convention in August until September fifteenth, John McCain had a very solid by Gallup. Uh-huh. Okay, had a very solid five point lead that entire time. Hmm. Sometimes four, times sometimes six, but five. After Lehman Brothers, the day after Obama moved ahead, McCain never had the lead again. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's really obvious what happened there. Right. They lost trust in Republicans. Right. Because Republicans were supposed to have the trust in running the economy and the financial system. Yeah. Right. And and that got destroyed. But there were so many reasons for that, and well, not least of which was the Community Revitalization Act that, uh, that was signed under Clinton. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't argue there would be reasons for that. But then John McCain, I remember I was in Yellowstone when all this is going down. Yeah. And listening on the radio, I go sit in my car outside the tent, listen to my radio, because mm-hmm. all this stuff is going on. And John McCain leaves the campaign trail and goes back to Washington. It says, I'm going to lead this effort to save the economy. And it was just a fiasco. It was right. a joke. He led nothing. All, all he did was leave the campaign trail to show how impotent he was as a senator <laughs> to fix this. And that became obvious. I mean, he destroyed his own campaign right there. Well, and part of part of McCain's problem was that he also was a progressive. <laughs> well, no, no. But, but, you know, I mean, it's just to go through yeah. how that happened, right? Obama took the lead after Lehman collapsed. Yeah. And he had the lead right through Election Day. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just what happened. Yeah. And so if you look at it that way, right? It, yeah, it was Bush and Cheney where this really started. And then you had McCain. And then, you know, you had a Romney and, you know, you ended up with Trump. Well, and I, I almost wonder, too, if it doesn't even go back further than than that. Um, you know, I mean, we had Bush Sr., obviously, for the first the first uh, Iraq war. Then, you know, before that, you had Carter, who could not find his anyway. And then we had Watergate before that. Yeah. When the first Bush lost. Yeah. What that signified was a fundamental change. OK. OK. The first Bush was the end of that World War II era. Right. Okay. That was what that marked. And now you have this era of the post-World War II right. people, right? Clinton, Gingrich, Biden, yeah. Obama, the younger Bush, right? Right. Okay. You have these, yeah, people, right? Because what you have there, you have, you know, obviously Harry Truman, who's president during World War II. Right. Okay. At the end of the war. Okay. You have Eisenhower. Right. JFK, LBJ. Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, and the first Bush, all World War II. Sure. All World War II veterans. I I mean, this was it. And and when Clinton came in, that's what that signified was that break from that World War II generation is over. They have held power from World War II until the end of the Cold War. Sure. Right. And, And now we're off into this. But I don't think they had necessarily, even as a generation, done anything to particularly lose our trust. No, they did. There, there wasn't anything there. It was no, just... I, I think they, they particularly valued our trust. Some were more competent and honest than others. Right. But yeah, I think they generally understood, having been in World War II, what the consequences of screwing up were. Right? You would think. If they did. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I think... Yeah, you know, I spent my high school years as Jimmy Carter's president. Sure. And I detested the man. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I got my driver's license and two weeks later, gasoline prices doubled. 
You know, <laughs> you, you got a hard time just find a minimum wage job. Sure. Stagflation and all that crap. Well, yeah, and, then, and then he made me register for the draft. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm voting for Reagan. All right. right? I was an easy 19. I was a, I was 18 years old. That was just a no-brainer. I'm voting for Reagan, right? This is not going down the path I want life to go down. Yeah. You know, even I don't think Jimmy Carter, to use the words Obama used, I don't think Jimmy Carter wanted to fundamentally transform the country. No. This is really it, right? Because you get Obama. And that's the, what the fundamental transformation, which means the grifters ran wild. Yeah. During Obama, right? Yeah. But they were on the right side of history, right? Well, but they're, yeah, exactly. That's what they like to Bullshit. say. But I mean, yeah, if you go back to the Dodd-Frank Act, drove, I don't know how many banks, a couple of thousand banks out of business. Easy. That were perfectly viable community banks. Yeah. But the cost be, of compliance with Dodd-Frank that, was right. just way exactly. too high. And, and, you know, it's generally recognized Dodd-Frank. The legislation was written by a Wall Street bank. Yeah. I, won't, I won't name which one. <laughs> but, you know, people think, yeah. I don't think, they, I don't think they're going to come after you if you do name oh, them. Well, I don't want to get sued, if I'm, you know. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, Barney, Frank, and Christopher Dodd did not sit down one weekend with the old Underwood typewriter and bang this out. <laughs> right? It was written by, you know. It was written by lobbyists. Well, it was, yeah, lobbyists for banks. And yeah. As most legislation o- Obamacare, is. Obamacare, yeah. right? They congratulated on the Senate floor the lady who drafted that legislation. And she was a former uh, VP of, lob- of uh, lobbying for one of the healthcare companies, right? I mean, that's who wrote these things. And, and they were- Shocker. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, the, uh, the entire Obama administration in that whole eight years was nothing more than a giant wealth transfer to the top 7%. If you throw everything in, including public debt apportioned by head, right? Right. Then what you have under the Obama administration were about uh, 7% of the people gained net wealth. And those 7% gained trillions yeah. in net wealth. You had about 1% that stayed the same. You had about 93% of Americans who ended up with less net wealth after eight years of Obama than they had going in. Not surprising to me because that is the net effect of every single progressive yes. ideology. That, right? That's right. And, and this Misery, this, poverty, death. That's right. And yeah. this wealth transfer. Yeah. Because the, the, the places where the net wealth grew, you could pick them on a map. Yeah. The places where that money went. San Francisco, New York, Los Angeles, Washington. Right. Right. If you lived in Casper, Wyoming, you weren't seeing any of that money. No. Your cost of living is going up. And, you know, you have less wealth now than you had at the start. But this is how you end up with Trump was because of the grifters in the Obama administration. Well, this is how you end up with with all of it is and and to go back to our Roman explanation, but this is this is how you get from a republic to a tyrant. Yeah. Is because you create this the situation where everybody's been lied to, the the corruption is so high in yeah. the government that you cannot trust any of the institutions. You certainly can't trust, you know, anybody. And I mean, and this isn't something new. Reagan, Reagan made the joke. I'm from the government. The scariest words in the English language are I'm from the government. I'm here to help. You know, so this isn't anything new. No, but the, but, the, the, the level of corruption is going to drive us towards. And the defense tyranny. against tyranny is truth. Right. Right. That's the defense. And it's so simple and right. it's so effective. You just have to give up your own bullshit, right? And that's it, right? When Solzhenitsyn said, we didn't love freedom enough. We truly and simply deserved everything that happened afterward. Yeah. That's exactly what Solzhenitsyn is talking to, yeah. right? That, that, that people would not give up their own 
bullshit. A republic if you can keep it. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. 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 It, it's like, yeah, just tell the truth. These these bad ideas melt away like salt in the rain. Right. I mean, that's that's about how robust they are. Yeah. Right. But yeah, we have to stop just believing things on a partisan basis or because the talking head or the politician or the website said it was true and it satiates our emotions and makes us feel like we can thump our chest and say, see, you were wrong. That's it. That's the bingo right there, because that's that's the piece that it yeah. feels really good to do, you know, and oh, that oh, makes, yeah. that's the part that makes it really, really hard, even for us, for our side of oh, the aisle yeah. to say, you know, it, it's um, it's almost a victim ideology. Oh, oh no, no. Republicans have completely consumed the we nihilistic have, idea of victimhood. We have totally figured yeah, that and, one out. Yeah, yeah. Which is why we go back to the whole, well, Republicans can't win a national election. Right. That's just victimhood. Oh, yeah, we can. We just got to dispose of these ideas. Well, right. Yeah. I, I, I dispose of these ideas. You tell the truth. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just it's a well-tried You also path. have to convince everyone else to tell the truth. That's a much harder sell no, than you think it is. No, it, 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 no, it is a much harder sell in some ways. <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, right, people tell the lies because they think they are self-serving to them. Even yeah. if they don't know that they're lies. Yeah. Even if they don't care that they're lies. They feel they, good. They, they, they feel good. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. eventually, right, the lies do not feel good. Yeah. Eventually, the lies no longer serve that purpose. Yeah. Right? You can't dismiss the outcome. Of of the bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a tough, tough one on my ego. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to make it tough on your ego, right? This is why. It's because I have been probably complicit, I think, in telling some of these lies well, I, myself. We all have been, right? There's no, there's no clean hands here. Okay. Right? I mean, all of us have been because we're just swimming in this bullshit. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to swim in the bullshit anymore. Well, yeah, let me. <laughs> I need a yeah, shower now. <laughs> exactly. But, but let me just throw out this what Thomas Sowell said. Okay. Insulating people from reality produces unrealistic people. And all Thomas this bullshit Sowell. is aimed toward insulating people from reality. And that produces unrealistic people with yeah. unrealistic expectations. Who can fulfill the unrealistic expectations? Liars. Liars are the only people who can promise to do the unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is how it feeds on itself, right? You, you have to break that pattern of I elect liars who insulate me from the reality in order for me to have unrealistic hopes in order for me to elect more liars. Bingo. Right? I mean, this is the whole cycle. Yeah. And, and you, the only way you break the cycle is tell the truth. Yeah. That's, Not, stop, stop telling people what you think they want to hear. Just, just tell, tell people the, the truth. truth. That's yeah. it. That's how you break that whole cycle. And if you don't voluntarily break the cycle, I promise you the cycle will break itself. And that is extraordinarily painful. Well, I think I, I want to say that we're going to be able to tell the truth as a country. I, this, I don't see that happening. I just don't. No, I, I think I, 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 I think it's going to happen. It's just how much pain are we going to go through before we figure out this was stupid? <laughs> right? I mean, that's really what it's what it is, right? Keith, I, how do you really feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, how do you think those people felt after 75 years of Soviet Union to get rid of it? I'm sure. And, and they're like, why the hell do we do this for 75 years? Yeah. Right? How, how does it feel to be in Poland after being occupied by the Nazis and occupied by the Soviets and being forced to yeah. forced to engage in this nonsense, knowing it was nonsense when you finally get rid of it? That's why they built statues to Ronald Reagan in Poland. Yeah. Right? I mean, seriously, it's like, thank you. We no longer have to say what we know to be bullshit, not to be shot. 
Yeah. Right? So eventually it always ends. It's just how much pain. Well, and that's that's really the question. And, you know, I mean, uh, our capacity to withstand pain in the meantime, pretty high. Oh, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, no, human beings are resilient. We, we are able to adjust to situations that at first are absolutely outrageous and become normal. Yeah. Well, that's it. We normalize the insane. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I get that. I get that. But I mean, you just you do it as a self-preservation mechanism. And and so I want to believe I do. I want to believe that we can we can tell the truth, that we can restore the trust, that we can we can make all those things work. We have to be able to trust each other. I think is the start. Well, maybe maybe that's really kind of the the my my that's that's my toehold in all of this. That yeah. would be we have to be able to trust each other. People who love liberty need to be able to trust each other. Yeah. Tell the truth and don't be an asshole. It's really not that hard. Well, I know. Right? <laughs> I think it's really not that hard. There to, are certain to defeat this. places where they demand that you not tell the truth, there basically. Are, no, there are. I mean, so many. I, I'm, I'm, I'm working with somebody right now who has pronouns in their signature on their email. Like, <laughs> I already knew that and you don't need to inform me of that. But, <laughs> well, you know, I... Uh, She's a very, very sweet person, and I absolutely adore working with her. So I'm not, I'm not going to say anything bad about that. But it's like, how, how far down this rabbit hole do we have to continue to go? With, with folks like that, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell these radical truths. No, it's not worth. No, no, no. You don't want to alienate those people. No, you want to bring them in. Well, right? yeah, I'd love to, but and, and, you know, that and, that one ain't going to happen. Well, I can pretty much guarantee well, it. But, but yeah, I mean, you don't want to alienate people. But you don't have to go around. We talked about I don't know, a couple episodes ago, the train derailment in Ohio mm-hmm. and the chemicals. And I said, I, I haven't said anything about it because I don't know anything about it. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know anything about why the train. I read the report on why the train derailed, but I'm no expert on railroad derailments. Sure. Right. I don't know anything about those chemicals, how dangerous they are, how carcinogenic, how long they persist. I, I mean, I just don't know anything. I don't know right. enough to form an opinion. Right. Right. I don't know enough to know if what I read is bullshit or not. Right. So I just don't say anything. Right. I figure sooner or later, I'll know the truth. Right. Maybe that's a week. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's a year. I don't know. But sooner or later, I'll, I'll know the truth. But in the meantime, yeah. So if we don't know the truth about something, you serve liberty better by being silent about it. Yeah. Than and saying something, finding out later what you said was False. You know what the the whole thrust of this entire episode sounds like to me is Republicans don't make idiots out of yourselves. Yeah, exactly. We we could start with that. I mean, yeah. but I mean, and that means self regulating for the crazies. So I'm not sure how we do that. Well, I no, should go back and listen to our conservatives. Well, I mean, honestly, right? I mean, we just disown the crazies. I, I mean, that's it. Right? I, well, yeah, yeah. Love to be able to do that, but you just they've taken them. over. Well, in literally some, have taken over in some places they have. But yeah, yeah you just just own the crazies that have no affinity for what's truth. Right. I, I mean, that's just the, the only way, you know, you can really do it. And and maybe this leads into to next week's subject, um, which you get to pick, which I get to pick. Part of the problem is that the crazies have taken over the actual reins of power in, in the Republican Party. So when we talk about Republicans can't win a national election. Or a local either. I mean, really, let's be honest. The reason in large part is because those who have no passing acquaintance with the truth at all yes. are in charge of the mechanism required to put those folks in office. 
Yes. And so so that that becomes a huge problem at that point in time. And and part of the problem, um, and, and this is this is a piece that I'm I'm intimately familiar with how this works and, and what the mechanics are here. Right. Is that when everybody's wearing a red jersey, everybody's a Republican because that's the only party, that's the only initial that'll get you elected in a certain geographic location. Then the crazies move in and that's they take over the party because they are crazy. They're crazy. That's how that works. The mechanics of how that works, which is what kind of what I'd like to get to. I'm not going to be able to say it succinctly. We'll have to refine this idea over the course of the next week. But I would like to talk about the mechanics of how. Okay. How Republicans do get elected. Just, oh, yeah. I mean, the mechanics of it, there's there's a lot of logistical back and forth that it, aside from the 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 philosophical side of this, of of being a good conservative, of bringing liberty back to the United States and, you know, doing the things that, you know, like telling the truth, having right. the courage to tell the truth when nobody around, else around you is. Right. Um, you know, that that kind of thing. Um, there's also be smart about how we go about this stuff. Yes. And I think that that, I think that'd be a really interesting episode for us to do. What do you think? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay, cool. I like that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So do you have any parting last words for our audience today? Be a citizen, not a show. I like that. I mean, that's it, right? If you're a citizen, look for the truth. Truth is not partisan. Right. Right. And truth is not political. Truth is the depoliticalization of all this. Right. Right. That's what people need to grasp. Right. It's the bullshit that creates all the politics about everything having to be political. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, be a citizen. Don't be a shill. If you're if you're repeating things that aren't true, you are somebody's shill. Yeah. Right. You are not serving yourself or anyone else. And if you're you don't just, know if it's true or not, don't say it. You don't have just to repeat wait, it. Right. I mean, how many things have we found out? been reported in the news, find out a day, a week, a month, a year later, weren't true. Yeah. Right. I mean. A lot. No, a lot. Yeah. Right. The majority, I would argue. Yeah. Right? Maybe not your local, hey, somebody got in a car wreck, not that kind of stuff. Right. But but this other stuff. Right. Right. This political stuff. This weapons of mass destruction level stuff. Yeah. yeah it's like how yeah. it just turns out not to be true. And you find out down the road it wasn't true. So just assume if you read something, it's probably not true. <laughs> that is a good assumption. Okay, doesn't matter if it That's favors. Not cynical at all. It, well, it's not cynical. It's just objective. I mean, it's really not cynical. It's just objective because it doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican. Most of these people are lying to you for their own purposes. Right. Right. And so, just understand that it's not that you can't glean information from these things that aren't. Is it useful? You can. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't just read something on these websites or that these talking heads said or that the guy on the radio said, with the exception of a few people, right? We have a friend, Jimmy Singenberger, mm-hmm. right? He tries very hard to only give you the truth. So don't listen and trust to Jimmy. Read his articles. He's what he's telling you is accurate, right? Fun fact. Jimmy is also the one who does the... Be the intro harmonica. and outro that, harmonica right. for, for this podcast. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and there's other people like that who do their very best to bring you factual, accurate information. And right? then there are those who don't. Yeah. And then there's the other 90%. Right. Who are just out there trying to sell you quick, sell you ratings. Yep. Sell you pillows. <laughs> right. I mean, seriously. Right. Whatever it may be, they're trying to sell you something. They don't care what they tell you is true or not. They care that they can make money off off of this. Well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> it it kind of ultimately comes down to a gut 
measurement when you don't have the expertise to determine whether or not somebody is 100% telling the truth. And you also don't have the time to empirically chase down every single thing that comes out of their mouth. Ultimately, it comes down to, do you trust them or not? Well, and if it's somebody you know to be trustworthy, right? right? But again, right? I mean, there's no harm in waiting. You do less damage waiting to see oh, yeah. than you do by saying something that turns out not to be true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will 100% agree with that. Yeah. So, I mean, my business, the I make a living out of doing the research and making statements in court under oath about the truth of something, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I get the concept. I, I totally get the concept. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't know the answer, you don't try yeah. to guess. Yeah, I, uh, a couple of weeks ago... Saw my Facebook memories about this whole thing about the particular company makes the voting machines changing votings, vote, votes. Yeah. And those two lawyers who Trump, for whatever reasons, listened to coming out saying, remember, release the Krakens and all that, right? <laughs> okay. So I had posted on Facebook. I said, what, what these lawyers are saying about this voting machine company and these votes? I would say, you should be highly skeptical. Right. I'm like, oh, that aged well. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, but there's pe- people out there arguing it was true. Yeah. Right? It is politics above truth. And another episode that we ought to do at some point in time is how, how do you balance expedience? I mean, is there a way to, or is there a necessity to even balance expedience with this stuff? You know? So. Oh, we, we can cover that part of this too. Part of next week. Part of, yeah. Yeah, because that's probably part of fighting the crazies. It is. Yeah. So. All right, Keith. Well, be a citizen, not a shill. I try to be a citizen, not a shill. I, I like that. I like that concept. Um, this has been a fun one. Okay. <laughs> Except for the part where you bruise my ego. But, oh, you know, I'm hey. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that you all enjoyed it as well. If you did, please go like us on face or on like us on Facebook, um, Twitter. Find us on Twitter. You can um, you can also go onto Apple, onto the iTunes, and and give us five stars if you feel that we deserved it. Find us on Amazon. Find us on Amazon. Leave us a review on iTunes. That really really helps a lot. So again, this is Cowgirls and Indians. Christina Cook, Keith Nobles. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.